0: You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
1: team every day.
0: Welcome back to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, we will be giving you a weekly recap on the hockey team, our first update on how the team has been doing so far this season and then for the remainder of the show i spoke to aj black and spoke to him about this weekend's matchup against Boston College. So you're going to hear about that game that is going to be played this weekend for the men's basketball team as they are desperately needing to rebound from their current losing skid that is holding them back. Before I get into that folks, I am Joe DeLeone, former college long snapper from the University of Rhode Island, joined by Ryan Roberts who is the Director of Scouting at NFL Draft Bible. So as I uh, I think the most unexpected thing that we could be talking about on the show and Something that some fans of Notre Dame are, are definitely interested in is the hockey program. I know a lot of people from the Midwest really love this Notre Dame hockey program. Anyone who follows college hockey knows that Notre Dame has a, a very uh, strong, prestigious program for their hockey team. Since building the separate arena that they have there, they've really turned into a you know a mainstay in this top 20 and right now just uh, the update that we're starting off with here where they currently sit we haven't talked about this team in a while currently five six and one They're on a bit of a rough patch. After a 3-0 win against Ohio State, that was early December. They've lost to Ohio State. They tied Michigan State. They lost to Michigan State again. And then the only win that they've had in this stretch was over Arizona State. And then right after that was a 3-5 loss to Arizona State. And you're probably wondering, oh, well, how does this 5-6 record really translate right now? This 5-6-1 record, what does it mean for the standings? They were actually... Right on the outside of being in the rankings, they were ranked at one point in the top 20, but right now they're in that category of receiving votes. And I think at some point this team is definitely good enough and has shown to be good enough that they're probably going to still be in that top 20 and be in a position to make the, the Frozen Four tournament uh, come the end of this season. So they, they've done decently well, just a little bit of a rough patch, kind of similar with the basketball team.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like you said, the last five, they're one, three, and one. So they're just in a little bit of a rough patch right now. I, I think that what is the part of it that is, you know, something that we can kind of build off of for the hockey team is, you know, guys like Alex Steves are, are off to a good start. Graham Slagert, who is a guy that isn't even getting a ton of shots on goal, but he's getting the getting the puck in the net. We're we seeing and it's kind of broken down, you know, by 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 period and by game. Notre Dame's getting a lot of shots on goal. And you hit some of these these stretches here, so, you know, in baseball, in football, in basketball, where you know you're doing good things, you're just not finishing. And there has a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of good things here. Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame is just not finding the back of the net right now. You know, they they are they are a team that has the, all the potential in the world. They're getting a lot of shots on goal. They're getting a lot of opportunities. It's just not going their way. So wh- it's momentum change. It's a momentum shift. They need to have a couple games in a row where they really start getting back on track, because the the goal scoring is going to be there again. They're being aggressive. They're getting shots on goal. They just need to start having some good luck. Because no matter how you want to slice it, like this is going to be some uh, maybe a debatable topic for a second. Mm. Hockey is kind of a I don't want to say a lucky game but like you know there's weird bounces on the ice and there's you know just like you know weird rebounds off of a goalie's pads like there's different things that you can't really quantify as being good it's just more about being in the right place at the right time so we really need to see that improve and then the goaltending at this point has not been amazing Ryan Bischoff got off to a good start to begin the year it's kind of been a little bit of a slide you know with the team's Lack of success over the last few games. We've seen the goalie goaltending, you know, with Bishaw and Dylan and Dylan Saint Care g- kind of just take a step back. So we really need to see them really take that step back, and, and you really just need to have a couple games in a row where you play well, you find the back of the net, and then you really are able to flip the momentum into your favor.
0: Uh, I, I don't disagree with your point about it involving some more luck. A lot of the best goal scorers and the best scoring teams know how to put themselves in those positions to score and it's, you don't really want to be banking on the puck bouncing in off an awkward angle. You really want to be taking high percentage shots. That's more what it means. I'm, again, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, oh, but you're to more so, cla- Just more so to you're clarify. Me. Well, I mean, I'm justifiably disagreeing. I played hockey in high school. I was a goalie. Uh, I was a backup goalie. It was not very good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing with hockey is you need more high percentage shots. So you're talking about how they they're taking a lot of shots right now. They're they're doing that. They're getting the the looks, but the problem is, and I not having seen enough games and I'm going to have the the time to actually watch some of these games now that it's just basketball going on. Um, I can probably infer from that, that they might just be launching a lot of shots, but they're not connecting on them. And that tells me that they're not taking high percentage shots. And yes, you know, rebounds is, is luck oriented to an extent. If you're in the right place, if you are, um, wary of, of where the puck is going to be and understanding bounces and and coming off of goalies pads and they're and they're not properly covering the puck that definitely helps but if you take those high percentage shots where you're rotating the puck around you're you're consistent with your passing you're not turning the puck over that is how you create those better opportunities and that's what they definitely need to do a better job of if they want to get back on their feet they are unlike the basketball team in a position where they can stay and get back on track, and then finish as one of the top 20 teams in the country. They very well could do that very easily. And hockey's a a, a streaky game. There's very few teams that are just going to be dominant the whole season. You will see from time to time where teams will start hot, then they'll cool down, or they'll, they'll start slow, and then they'll heat up at the end of the season. And I think Notre Dame's definitely in a position to do that. And the one thing that just wanted to touch on, you talked about Bischel. The one thing that's a little bit um, confusing for me, I thought that Bischel was going to be this clear-cut guy that was going to step in and, and look fantastic and, and get him most of these games, but they've been going pretty even down the line here by rotating two goalies for seven games. And I don't disagree with that philosophy. Maybe that they're not entirely sold on Bischel, but I, I would like to get Bischl some some more... Um, starts under his belt rather than continuing to rotate because when you rotate and, and sometimes you have to do this when there's a lot of games in a season you have multiple back-to-back games you do have to give your goalie a rest after playing you know taking so many shots but at the same time you need to pick a guy you can't just keep rotating guys that is what leads to some inconsistency because you know the guys in the ice are not going to be used to the whoever is supposed to be that continuous starter. They're not always going to be used to the tendencies of either guy. Goalies have different tendencies, the way that they play, the way that they communicate, all that stuff. You need to get used to one guy if you want to have sustained success throughout the remainder of the year.
2: Absolutely, I mean it's very different, but it's I think it's similar to like football when you say like if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. I think it, obviously goalies rotate a, a lot more than than that, so it's not a perfect comparison. But I think that you definitely need to find your lead guy. And then the other guy's the one that's going to you know rotate in every couple games depending on what you know what the fatigue is and just giving a guy a day of rest like that is obviously understandable. But I agree, Bishol was a guy that we were really when we did our preview for the team. You know when we started here on Locked On, we talked about the development of him because he's only a sophomore but he showed a lot of spurts as a freshman in a backup role behind a really seasoned and, and very good goaltender and we really just need to we need to get him into a, a good state of mind and a good little progression here. We need to get him a good couple games in a row just like the offense like I was talking about, right? Like some of those shots we just need to, you know, finish. We just need to finish and we need to find consistency in goaltending and I think that The making is here for Notre Dame to be a very competitive hockey team. They have been in the past. They're always one of those programs that you can count on to be competitive. They just have hit a little slide here, but they easily do have the talent to get it turned around now.
0: Coming up, you're going to hear my conversation with A.J. Black previewing the Notre Dame-Boston College matchup this weekend, certainly an important one for them to get back on their feet. Before we do so, are we ready for some football college football heads into bowl season Actually, just kidding. It's already done. Thank you for keeping that in the read. Um, <laughs> NFL playoffs, though, are in in full swing here, uh, and there's a lot of great games that are currently happening right now. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that you can trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. As I said, there's great matchups this week, and don't be the guy that, that thinks that there's going to be an upset and don't put money down. Heck, if you think the Chiefs can possibly uh, get upset by the Browns, go for it. put some money down. If you think that, that Tom Brady is going to move on to the next round, put some money on it. don't sit on the sidelines anymore. get in on the action and don't forget to use promo code locked on and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. Betting our college basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the new Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And now for the remainder of today's show, we are going to be doing a crossover episode with Locked on BC. Joining me right now is AJ Black of BC Bulletin, part of Sports Illustrated, and also Locked on BC, as I said. AJ, thank you for taking the time. How are you doing? This is a pretty exciting matchup we got coming up this weekend.
1: Yeah, I know. We we're just talking before the game. It's what a combined one ACC win between the two schools. So this is going to be a, a battle for brand supremacy in the ACC between two schools that are uh, trying to get their uh, pull themselves up out of the basement this week.
0: Right, and, and they, Boston College has that one win against Miami that you were telling me about, and, and that obviously is some momentum right now for Boston College. Notre Dame doesn't have that momentum. They got slapped around by UVA, which was their Big game that they could have done something. I'm curious to hear more about this this Miami game. That's a big win. That's a big win to get in mm-hmm. ACC play. What was a big reason why they were so successful in that game?
1: Oh, totally, it was three point shooting. So they had uh, two of their guards. So Rich Kelly, who is a transfer from Quinnipiac, and Jay Heath, who is a, so- a sophomore, hit 18 threes between them, and, a, and they hit most of them. They had 52 points between the two of them. Um, but they they were out of their minds they shot 52% from three point range um they were just they were hitting from way downtown they were just feeling it and it was a game where they just couldn't miss a shot and uh, you know when the offense is going like that you know it's going to be hard to to lose games yeah
0: certainly and, and right now Notre Dame's doing the complete opposite of that which is losing games because they can't shoot uh from deep but besides that win against Miami it was a bit of a slow start for this boston college team so far they have a number of wins against smaller programs one of those wins coming against my alma mater rhode island early on in the year what do you think has been holding back this bc team during that long stretch of of multiple losses
1: So there's two things I think that BC has really struggled with. And one of them is interior defense. Uh, You know, they let up way too many points in the paint. They don't have, they don't have a traditional big, they have, you know, Stefan Mitchell and CJ Felder, who's like, they're both like 6'8", 6'7". Once, you know, they, they kind of rotated them in playing the five, but they don't have, like, if you play, if they play against a team that has a guy that's 6'11", you know, seven feet tall, they don't have anyone to stop them. Um, And so they they give up a ton of points. And when I was watching that Miami game, you know, BC had a 10 point lead at half, but I'm looking at the stats going, God, they let up 26 points in the paint in that first half. I'm like, that's, that's a big issue. If they stop, if BC stops hitting these threes, like they're, you know, they're going to fall behind because they're just giving up way too many easy buckets. Luckily, both teams fell, You know, Miami's offense fell apart, and BC was able to continue shooting. But that is an issue in itself. It happens every game that they cannot stop easy buckets inside. And the other big issue with BC is the turnovers. You know, I, you get it. You get them going, and sometimes it just feels like they are playing well. Like you saw against against. Um, sorry, Miami and they they're hitting their shots and whatever and then all of a sudden it feels like the the wheels fall off the bus and they're throwing the ball away they're stepping out of bounds it's just like really careless errors that they make um and it and it kills them you know at one point they had the the, the announcers always bring it up that you know like it seems like every game they're up around like 16 17 turnovers a game and it kills them you know it kills any momentum they get on offense and it's a big it, it, you know they can't get any flow going so you know they beat Miami. They only had eight turnovers the whole game. Just to give you uh, you know some context, against UVA on Saturday, Jay Heath had seven turnovers himself. So it, it's a you know a huge improvement in how they were handling the ball, and that and that led them to win the game.
0: You mentioned Jay Heath, and then the other guy that that stood out to me, Winston Tabs. Right now, are, are BC's two leading scorers uh, yep. around thirteen points. For the both of them. What should Notre Dame fans expect from Tabs and Heath? What type of style of play do they, they bring to this Eagles team?
1: So it's interesting you bring up Tabs. So Tabs missed 600 days of basketball because of a knee injury he sustained in 2019 um, as a freshman. And then he missed the whole end of that year. They kind of held off with having the surgery, did it his sophomore year. They didn't think he was ever going to play again. Um, so the what Notre Dame fans need to know was he didn't play against Miami. And I, I'm not sure, Jim Christian didn't really get into it, whether that was a maintenance thing or if his knee's acting up because they've been super careful with Winston Tabs and his knee. So, you know, he started the year off as a starter, getting starter minute, and it's kind of declined for him. You know, last week he was coming off the bench, and then he missed this game. So, I got a feeling his knee's been bugging him as it, you know, as because he, he's had you know a pretty severe surgery. So, don't expect much out of him. I, you know, his his production also has gone down too. When he does play, he had the, I think he missed every shot he took against UVA. Um, so he may not play. You'll see Rich Kelly, the guy that was you know shooting really well uh, against Miami. He'll probably get the start. Jay Heath is very inconsistent. So you get games like you get. What we saw against Miami, he did it against Villanova at the beginning of the year, but then he has maddening games where he just, he takes poor shots um, and he gets out of his own zone. He gets in his own head. And I think that really affects him. He had some games. I think it was the Minnesota game in the big East, uh, the big 10 ACC challenge where he was just really out of sync. Um, So, he just needs to get a little bit more consistent. But when he's he's on, he can be very dangerous and he can hit you from all over the place, whether it's slashing to the hole or hitting you from three-point.
0: So we talked a little bit about this this Miami game and the success that helped them earn that victory. What would you consider to be the strengths for this team right now? What, what do you think are the the biggest assets of this Boston College team that – you know, maybe hasn't correlated directly to wins, but is something Notre
1: Dame fans should be be a little scared of. Um, (laughs) Strengths of this team. It depends on what game you get them. Um, Defense is definitely not a strength. Uh, So I would have to say um, shooting, I guess they don't really have a strength. They like, you know you saw them shoot well from threes against Miami but before that game they were shooting like 33% from three point range I and mean, one of the worst in the ACC so that can't be a strength i don't i guess i would say they're most dangerous when they're attacking the rim when they're getting when they're you know attacking and they're they're pushing the tempo a little bit that's when they get the most dangerous they just don't do it consistently enough but when they do that's when they hold you know, hold court against Villanova. Or they are or they hang in against Minnesota or you know Duke. They they're they're aggressive and they get to the line and, and get those free throws. So I think that must might be where their uh, strength and what they need to do to win uh, would, would be because I don't I don't see them I don't see the three point shooting what they did against Miami being sustainable for many. <laughs> you're not gonna shoot fifty two percent from free three point range.
0: So last question I got here before we flip the script and and you start asking me some questions, AJ. Notre Dame right now, and I'm sure this is going to come up when you talk to me, is really struggling to shoot from three, despite that being in the past and early on in the year their biggest asset. And I think a lot of Notre Dame fans are really curious every time they play somebody from here on out until they get out of this funk. How would you describe BC's perimeter defense? Are they consistently good at slowing down other good three-point shooting teams, or is that maybe a weakness for them?
1: You know, it's it's again, just like everything with BC, it's it's hit or miss. Um, I believe I saw a stat and I don't have it in front of me right now, that they're pretty good against the three-point shot. Um, and that they're they're doing well uh protecting the perimeter. Now, um, one of the big defenders that I really like that I think is a is a good defender is Mikai Ashton Langford. He's a transfer from Providence. Um, he's been out the last two weeks um with a knee injury. And I don't know if that's like knee, like tear, he's out injury They they're not very upfront with some of these injury reports. So it, he, he could be a, a good outside perimeter uh, defender, Rich Kelly, as I mentioned before doing better on defense and in, in terms of the three point shot, but he's, he's a littler guy and he's not the quickest. So I, I worry a little bit more about him, but he had a good game against Miami. So we'll see. I, I think they have it. I'm just not sure if it's, going to show up because everything with BC it's like you don't see the same thing every game
0: (laughs) right right that's kind of the case for Notre Dame right now as well so now's a good time here to switch sides AJ what do you want to know about this this very much struggling Notre Dame basketball team
1: no wins in the ACC so far um what were you know going into the season For Notre Dame, was this kind of what Notre Dame fans and and the Notre Dame media were looking at for a season, or has this been a disappointment so far for the Fighting Irish?
0: I would consider this to be a huge disappointment. You're coming in after, in 2018, recruiting multiple four-star recruits. Nate Leshefsky, Prentice Hub, Dane Goodwin that group was supposed to take over. They're juniors right now. And usually when you have guys that are four stars, that are juniors, you reach a point where when they're upperclassmen, that's when you're supposed to hit full stride, especially with a program like Notre Dame's. They're not always a consistently good program, but they've put out some really good years. And you're depending on those talented players to turn into uh, success on the court. And what we've seen is that success from those guys is not enough to to win basketball games because all they have is that core group Lashevsky, Dane Goodwin, um, and and Prentice Hub besides that they didn't have much of a bench at the beginning of the year. They didn't have many rotational players. If it wasn't for that that quasi-rule randomly being changed uh, for transfers, Trey Wertz wouldn't be playing right now, and he's been one of their best rotational guys and also has has been a spot starter here and there. They have no bench, and it is completely killing them. This was a season where I think many expected maybe not a, a top 25 ranking throughout the year, but at the very least, not at the, the bottom of the ACC.
1: Yeah, and you just like with Boston College, you look at the schedule, and you know the ACC has some some good teams, and you both BC and Notre Dame have played a lot of them. Now, are you when you look at the struggles that they have? Obviously, you play a team like UVA, score a sixty-eight points against UVA. I know you let up eighty, but that's pretty good against a defense like that. And you you know Virginia Tech, UNC, Duke, you've played some of the better teams in the ACC. Is there an expectation that this is going to turn around, or is, or what, or do you think that even when you play a Boston College, a Miami, or some of these other teams like Wake Forest, that they're going to struggle against these teams too? Uh, that's
0: really tricky for me because. I think the expectation is that at some point that maybe not turn it around, but at least resolve some of the issues and put more consistent play out there on the court. They look completely fine against some of these weaker programs. One of their wins is against a really struggling Kentucky team. So if you can beat a team like Kentucky that has a bunch of five-star players out there in their starting lineup that just can't figure out how to play together and can't shoot for the life of them, they should be able to beat a team like Boston College and a Miami and a Wake Forest. But right now, what's what's really killing them is just that ability to finish games. You, you talked about that stretch of playing Virginia Tech, UNC, um, the first time they played Virginia, and then the second time. The second time's not as as indicative of this. But they're winning at halftime in a lot of these games. Ohio State earlier in the year. They were winning at halftime. But they for whatever reason just cannot play two consistent halves. It's one half where they'll they'll shoot close to 50% from 3. They'll be really consistent for, uh, on the floor and they're doing everything perfectly and then the second half there's turnovers, there's consistently missed shots, there is just overall dysfunction Part of it probably stemming from the bench not being very good, and then the starters coming in trying to fix everything. All the damage that's been done. It's just right now, nothing is is meshing well together for the second half of these games, and that's what really led to this zero and five start in the ACC.
1: You know the. It, so it sounds like you know the the Spider-Man meme where there's the two Spider-Mans pointing to each other. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it sounds exactly the same because I mean Boston College we were beat. We had, I think like a 12 point lead over Villanova going into the second half. And then the wheels fell off. It's happened. It's one of the, you know, the things that Boston college fans are all going have. So it's going to be a battle between two teams. to See who can right. actually hold it together long enough to, to finish the season. So we kind of t- talked about it when I answered some of your questions, obviously Boston college's big weaknesses is the interior de- the, their interior defense. Can you talk a little bit about some of the, the, you know, the, ins- the, 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 Big guys on Notre Dame. What they what they provide on offense, and um, are they able to stretch the floor? Because that's been something BC struggled against too. Is big guys that can can
2: stretch it.
0: Well, thankfully for Boston College fans, Notre Dame does not have any player that I can say are are going to kill them down low. The two tallest players on this roster, Jawan Durham, six foot eleven was the starting center at the beginning of the year, has seen a decrease in his minutes because of super inconsistent play. Nate Lashevsky, on the other hand, he's been playing that four spot, a little bit of the five if, if he's starting and Juwan Durham's not starting. Lashevsky's the guy that can really stretch the floor. He is their best three-point shooter right now. He's their straight best pure shooter right now. That is somebody that you should definitely be aware of because he's okay down low. He's not really a guy that's well-built, that's, well that's going to be you know knocking around with the big guys and, and pushing them out of the way. He rebounds well, but he's not going to be a post-move type player. He's going to be somebody who's quick, hard to cover, and he's going to get open pretty easily. But Juwan Durham has been, the I think, one of the cruxes of this, this team so far that has held them back. And anybody who listens to my show knows that I am very critical of Juwan Durham because the guy is a really good defender. He's got, uh, he's been averaging over two blocks a game, but he can't score. He can't play well against other physical bigs, and he's not very good at rebounding. So Durham might start this game just based on the lineup, the fact that Boston College doesn't really have a lot of tall players, but really don't expect more than maybe a 10-point outing if he starts.
1: Now I, I, I'd be remiss to ask. We talked about football earlier this year, so I'm gonna have to bring it up. How are you handling uh, the drubbing? Drubbing at the hands of Alabama. That's my last uh, question. For I had to bring it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I
0: know. I, I don't. How did I know that this was gonna come up? <laughs> I feel like for the next few months it's gonna come up. Uh, it's been it's been weird because after the game, like uh, Notre Dame coming into it, the expectations weren't super high. They were high for Ryan and I because we thought that. It was a matchup that they could at least keep it close. And a 17-point loss to Alabama is mm-hmm. actually not that bad. It looked like a sloppy game. It looked like they got their butts kicked. But if you look at what happened in the National Championship, they played them closer than yeah, Ohio, Ohio than Ohio State did. And it was just it's yeah. frustrating for me because after that game for the the time in which I've been doing this show haven't really had a lot of negative feedback on Twitter. And I've gotten negative feedback for other things I cover the Giants. But a lot of people were just adding me for no reason for some of the things I said going into this game and I'm just like uh, like why are you giving me all this all you know all this crap for for what I'm saying and then after the way that they played against uh, it was particularly from Alabama fans just like to point out but uh, after this uh, <laughs> after this national championship game I now have evidence to say like Okay, well, they were clearly capable of playing with this Alabama team. Alabama is just worlds ahead of everybody else, so it's just frustrating. Just frustrating.
1: I hear you. I hear you. It was it was a fun game to watch, and uh, I feel bad for you, but <laughs> you know when when you you hear the stories too, and like they're like, oh, Notre Dame can't recruit to the level of Alabama. Who can? Right. <laughs> you, know? you look at their roster. You look at some of their recruiting classes, and they're showing it now where you have like three Heisman winners. You have. All these for th- these—they're at a level that no one else is going to ever reach at this point. Um, but that's just for me, from an alphas perspective. Notre Dame fans may say, "AJ, you're crazy." No, but- you're
0: you're hundred percent right. And the and the thing that makes Alabama so different from all these other schools is that they, they recruit well. And all of those guys that don't play their first two years, they all stay. There's very few mm-hmm. guys that decide to leave. They're okay with sitting and staying because they buy into what Nick Saban is selling and and his philosophy of put your time in, work your butt off. You're going to be in great physical shape. And then you're going to play as a junior. And then you're going to go to the NFL. And that has consistently worked. No other program can do that. Notre Dame can't even do that. They, they just lost a bunch Mm -hmm. of guys to transfer. So I, that's the, that's the formula for them.
1: Well, we, we we want to thank you for your program too, because we have our quarterback now for the next three years.
0: (laughs) You're lucky Ryan's not here because Ryan is still thoroughly upset that, that, that Phil Dracovic is at Boston college, but I'm sure you're very happy about that. And he, uh, he ryan really believes that he's going to be an nfl guy very soon
1: yeah i've heard i've heard a lot of it so <laughs> we'll, we'll have to we'll talk more in the future about that but thank you
0: yeah uh again thank you aj for hopping on that's it with for this this crossover episode um you can follow me at joe DeLeon aj where can people find you on twitter
1: you can find me at aj black underscore bc or my site is at boston college si
0: that's going to be it from us, folks, on today's episode of Locked On Irish. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and also drop a review. Follow us on social media at Jody Leone, at Rise and Draft, and at Locked On Irish. Coming up on Monday, we will have a recap of the Boston College-Notre Dame game. And lastly, if you're looking for something to tune into, head on over to Locked On College Football. Enjoy your, your weekend, folks.